welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I want to start with Second Chronicles. Chapter 16. I have it pulled up in every version of the Bible that Gateway has. So we're going to spend the next hour just reading this one verse. Just kidding. It says, um, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to read it in. I've got these three I'm going to pick. For Yahweh's eyes run back and forth throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is his. Is your heart his today? It says, for the eyes of Adonai, Let's sing a song about Adonai. I want to range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are wholly his. W-H-O-L-L-Y. I I met with the mentors this last Friday and I Propose to them a new launching that I want to do for us as a tribe starting March 1st. I'm pretty sure that's soon. Is that tomorrow? And I'm calling it the Pray Ahead Initiative. I've got a little slide that Vinton's going to throw up there. It's just a single slide. Don't get excited. You know, did you have a dream? You had the dream about the... Yeah, Mendel had a dream recently about angels that were like as big as airplanes. Whoa. So I felt like it was time for us to really begin to engage in how much help we have. And like I spoke on Wednesday, and I'm going to talk a little more about it today, but that I feel like God is looking for it. it I keep reading these scriptures to you that he's looking for someone to believe what he says about them. And so I like, so that he can do something really fantastical. I mean, that's what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to show off. And he picked people to show off in front of people. Now see, what we did was we wanted to be a show off. So we thought we needed to be famous. That's not the kind of thing he's looking for. Just a side note, sidebar. Mendel told me she was dialoguing with Papa and he was showing her all the things that she's going to do with him in heaven. And and he said this, every place you get rid of guilt, that you and him personally will p- paint a sunset together in heaven. Guilt is, is of the enemy, as we all know. And... I feel like today I want to I want to try to help us discover more of how easily things became twisted. You know, I've been reading this book about alignment. I love alignment. Don't you love have have, have you ever not known your car was out of alignment and then you go in and the dude's like hey, like this thing. Has anybody ever had that happen? And then they fix it and you're like, wow, that was an error on my part to be driving around 
You know, I love when the guy says, well, no wonder your right tire is worn. The car needs to sit equally. That's what alignment is. Equally, right? Not like the equality bill, but equally. (laughs) Equally. So that why? The tires rotate and wear equally. So that I love the car analogy when it comes to our spiritual life, right? Because things in our life need to have that balance of the Holy Spirit, even better. And so, so tomorrow, your mentors are going to, for as much as many of you as who can today, you are going. They're going to have a conversation with you tonight, kind of about our new initiative or new task force and we're going to make a place for you on Evernote to write down some of your findings. Let me tell you kind of how it happens. I'll give you a couple examples. So Tessa and Shudi both sent me, you know, Mendel and I do this a lot because she has so many dreams. Like she'll dream seven, ten dreams a night, you know, and so it's it's a daunting task for me sometimes to try to figure out what they all mean with her. But um, she's been dreaming these amazing things, but but Shudi and Tessa, I don't, I don't think Tessa had a dream. I think she just woke up with this scripture. She woke up with this scripture, and she sent me a text. And she said, I woke up with Ephesians 5, and went on and told me what she felt like the Holy Spirit told her about that. But then down at the bottom, she said, oh, side note, that I meant to say Galatians 5. Now, at first look, that that was just information, you know. Oh, don't worry, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean Ephesians, I meant Galatians. And then Shudi had a dream, and so I was telling them to pray into these things and everything that Tessa said. But that day, and usually so, Pam and I went to a bid at a lady's house, and while we were there, she said to me, I had a dream. Now, she doesn't know we interpret dreams. She don't know us that way. I don't even know why she told me that she had a dream. But she said, I had a dream, and I was in Ephesians 5. And so I was like, "Eh." you know, my little, you know, the sound went off. And so I turned my head. And she said, but in the dream, God was wanting me to get back to Galatians 5. So another, "Eh." I don't really remember what happened after that, except for I gave her a prophetic word, and, you know, it was just like, okay, I see. that It's not always just that clear. I propose to you that he wants it to be, and it takes practice. It's not, it's not a quink-a-dink, right? And so then that, that was my open door. I knew that we were there for a different reason. Not that I didn't know that ahead of time. And so see, praying ahead is thinking with the Holy Spirit on purpose about why he's talking to you the way he is. And so all of, all of, I met with the mentors and everybody in here, we discussed how everybody in here hears God. And we made a list. Aren't y'all glad? We picked all y'all. And so... They're going to propose to you a way that you hear God that we discussed about you. And I'm just asking for y'all to partner with them. 
if you don't have a mentor, you know, there's a mentor available for you, as always. But it would be really good for you to begin to partner with this initiative, this task force, to begin to think ahead. And as we put our entries together, remember, this isn't about me interpreting your dream. This is about you letting God speak to you in the way he does, whether it's dreams or pictures or you see stuff or whatever, and actually inquiring of him that day. See, what we want to do is we want to hold it, and then maybe at a service, we want. I get a lot of stuff at service time, you know, because everybody's like, hey, maybe this means something. Well, I don't know. I'm already ready for service, so I don't know. I'm just being silly. Send me whatever you want. But I'm just saying that this is a daily thing. Can you understand that you are going out? This is just the equipping center. All this equipment is for out there. Quit practicing on just each other. Right? Let's practice on the people that need it. Right? We already got it. Sir, surely you have enough substance. You've been coming here a long time to be able to put it down on paper where everybody else is putting it down on and and then get input for it. Now, see, it, it's it's like I always say, you know, we're only going to be good as our participation, right? So that's going to be starting tomorrow. It's tomorrow, right? 28 days in February, except for leap year. Was last year a leap year? Yeah, it was. Okay. I think that's all I have on that. Shudy will be talking to you a little bit more about that. She didn't know it, but she will. So I've been reading this book on alignment and I really love the way he writes. I don't know this guy. He's from Bethel, Chuck Perry. I think he's preached there a few times, not very often. Um, he has a really unique story, and um, but he talks about different things. But I wanted to talk to us today about, you can turn to John 14. But I wanted to start with this part in the book that he wrote. And hopefully we'll get to John 14. He's in, I read from it the other day, but he's in a chapter called Kingdom of Abundance. And he has a little snippet there in this chapter called It All Started in the Garden. So listen if you can. He said, God's Good and pleasing and perfect will for us has always been abundance. That's God's will for your life. John 10.10 I came that you have life and have it in abundance. When we're not experiencing abundance, like Bill says, there's something in us to adjust. It doesn't mean we're sinful. If we're sinful, the Holy Spirit will nudge us and say, hey, you know, you're doing an activity that is going to not allow you to bear fruit. That's just, that's just how it works with the Holy Spirit. And when we yield to the Holy Spirit, we want to know those things. So we're not in a wrestling match anymore about I'm just this horrible, sin-soaked sinner that God hates, that I'm just on the... I'm on the cusp of hell activity. I'm just on the cusp of going to hell. That's nothing in that's nothing kingdom. This is a kingdom of abundance. So if the enemy so this is a way that the enemy has gotten you hoodwinked. 
He says, God created the earth to be fruitful and good and each part designed to reproduce abundantly. Then he said, now see, some people take that and think that means just to have a bunch of kids, but that's not really what I think he means in total. Do you agree? Great. Then he set man and woman in the garden in the midst of the earth, and he told them to be fruitful and multiply, and from that garden incubator to fill the whole earth. The earth looks pretty full to me now. I don't know. Do y'all feel like it does? This is not a message against having kids or anything, but I'm just saying there looks like there's a lot of candidates out there that that he that don't quite understand his ways that we could practice on. Agreed? Sweet. And in the middle of the garden was the tree of life from which they could freely eat and live forever. They were commissioned with a wonderful job along with the fruitful multiplication job and that it was to nurture and protect the garden. Do you have a garden? You are a garden. You have one. You are one. Did you hear what he just said? It's your job to make it multiply and to protect it. Got it? That was their job at the beginning. That's why he put you on earth. Clear? I don't know if you are, but, but you're acting like it, so it's good. We can move on. And they were to nurture and protect the garden as they expanded their stewardship over it into the whole world. He said a king and queen learn stewardship as they become servant guardians and overseers of a planet of abundance. You can see now you're beginning to feel the crack in the system, right? How we kind of got off, right? I mean, we kind of thought it was all about getting our needs met, didn't we? Weird, isn't it? And, you know, I, one of the things I talked to the mentors about, and, and I sent out Pam's little snippet yesterday, was that we can't exchange our gift set. Our gift set was not produced within us to meet our needs, our gift set was produced within us to fulfill our, our destiny. And so I can't then take those things and say, oh, well, somehow if I do this, I will personally get this. That's not, see, you've already personally been given all of this. And when our minds get off, and I'm going to talk more about how they get off, when they get off, then we're looking at our gift set to get the thing that we already have. And that's what he's going to talk about here. He said, it, it looked like the role of Lucifer. It looked like the role Lucifer longed for. What I just described, to be this guardian overseer. But he missed the stewardship part. So, since he missed that part, He's going to help you miss it. There ain't nothing like missing something. You know when you're driving down the road and you miss your exit? You won't tell everybody. Has anybody ever gotten on that turnpike and they miss and they have to go all the way out to Jones? You know, 40 minutes? I mean, Pam's missed it a couple times. She just calls me. I'll be another 45 minutes one way and 45 minutes back. Why? We missed our exit. So you want to tell everyone, don't you? Don't you want to tell everyone, hey, you know, the other day we were driving here, leaving the upper, 
and there was a crazy town man and he was on the he was on the road and he was he was flapping his wings and he was running for our car and i and and have you had that happen and so I almost hit him. You know, Moo almost hit him. And we're calling ahead. We're like, hey, where's bro? Is he coming this way? Is Vinton coming this way? Because why? We want to tell him crazy man is on the, on the expressway again. Why? Because we want people to know, right? So, so Lucifer, he longed for that. But he only saw the ruler, overseer, king, worship me part. I know none of y'all are seeing that part. I'll tithe and I'll be taken care of. That's just one example. (laughs) And that has been the challenge to every leader ever since. Ever since. Ever since. Am I going to be boss or servant? It must have been infuriating to him to see man and woman given this as a free offer. A grace and favor unearned and undeserved. He mad at you. Blue mad at you. You're getting everything here. Do you get it? And here God placed man right in front of him in the presence of his enemies. On the earth, Lucifer had fallen onto like lightning from heaven. I just read that on Wednesday. Bound there with his cohorts in chains of darkness. Remember, darkness isn't an entity. It's the absence of truth. So God prepared a table for men. In the presence of his enemies, so all could see how much the everlasting God loves mankind. Use your imagination to see that. If you use your imagination to see how much He loves you, then what is produced from your imagination will look different. You know, all that's going on in secular society, whether it be art or music or anything else, is that they're just projecting that they're looking for an answer to this pain. And they cannot find one. So they sing about their pain. They draw about their pain. Then when somebody sees it, they see the darkness. They feel the darkness. And it identifies with the darkness in them. I'm going to blow your mind here in a minute. So the opposition began. God had placed another tree in the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a choice was given. One leads to life. And the other leads to death. Remember, death is not a creative force. Rather, it's the absence of light. Y'all really need to get that understanding that it's not, these things are not created entities by God. They're just the absence of God. But when one makes the choice for death, all manner of degeneration occurs that was not the original design because the continuous surge of life flowing in in and manifesting in abundance has been cut off. That's why God said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. So choose life. He gave us the answer to the quiz. Choose life so you can live. 
See, this is the this is why Jesus came to give us life and life and more abundantly. But we have to choose life. He said there was, of course. Listen to this part. If you can't hear anything else I say today, this is a really important part. All the people stop looking at their phones. There was, of course, a deception, a lie. Man had to agree with before he could fall into darkness. There's always a lie to get us to work for what has already been freely given. They partnered with the lie of not enough. That if they would do something, they would be like God. When in fact, they were already created to be like God in his image. So see, that's what the enemy does is he hoodwinks us with, if you'll do that, you'll get this. When you already have that, you just can't see it. (laughs) See, (laughs) the stewardship of what I already have makes me see what I already have in a different light. And so therefore, I actually have more because I can see it different. Let me sidebar. A good way to do this is just have gratefulness. And you can only have gratefulness when the words out of your mouth align with what he's done more than what you feel. Or what you see. So they chose to know good and evil instead of knowing God. They chose to know Light and dark instead of just glorious light where there's no shadow of darkness. They chose life and death instead of just abundant and eternal life. They chose duality instead of oneness. And in that choice, man became the judge of an ever-shifting standard of what is good and evil. Truth became relative instead of a person. Through that choice, man turned over his inheritance of a garden, a kingdom, and a planet to the deceiver. And he's been deceiving us ever since, thinking we don't have these things. I love this one line that he said that we have to move. I'm not going to read it right now, but we have to move from access, that we actually have access to these things. Remember when you didn't even know that? Do you remember that? But see, now do you, I'm trying to get you to move from, yeah, you have access to now you can possess it or apprehend it. There's a difference between knowing I have an all-access pass than going there and actually writing the stuff. You know, we went to Florida, someone bought us those express pass tickets to Universal. It was great. There were two lines on every ride. There's the long line. There was an hour and 20 minutes. And there was the 10-minute line. And all we had to do, what did we have? A card. All we had to do, couldn't you remember how we got in? All we had to do is just flash our card. 
And they were looking. And then I got, we got to go to the short line. See, that's it, is that we have access, but we don't have possession. And see, when we have possession, we steward it. You think I didn't hide that card? I mean, that card was right here in my little pocket. I wasn't just throwing it around and putting it in my sock or something. No, because why? It was the past. I stirred, I stewarded the past to the thing I had been given. I wouldn't have gotten to go in the line if I said I had a past and it's in the car. Oh, I had a past and I lost it. It's the stewardship that allows me to participate with it in the way he meant. Agreed? I love that he said, through this choice, we turned over our inheritance of a garden. These are all inheritances that God gave us, right? They're yours right now. You could possess these today. You could possess, you could have an inheritance of a garden, a kingdom, and a planet. Have you ever hated on the planet? Have you ever, anybody? Hated gravity? I don't know. <laughs> hated what year you were born? Man, I tell you, one of the biggest traps that the enemy does to us is says, well, I should have been born at another time. This thing I feel will change how you feel. It don't fit here. It don't fit here. This is not the 50s. So if you think I'd rather be born in the 50s, I would don't you you weren't. So stop. Because you'll you'll look that that is a distortion of the enemy. That's every place he lies to you. You are not fulfilling who you really are. So you try to dress like somebody else. You like try to why? That is all of that is a distortion of the enemy. Just helping you. Sorry. I know I offended somebody, but that's okay. That's my job. He said, and the great cracking, grinding rift began like an earthquake, tearing apart the very fabric of creation. Right there in that moment, in that choice. Because we gave up this inheritance. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give you some good story here in a minute. In the giving that man gave that choice, God risked, let me say it again. In giving man that choice, God risked all. For the purpose of love. See, if you can't comprehend why he put two trees there, you're not going to comprehend your destiny. Let's wait on that one a minute. Just let that one. See, that is the first step of understanding why God is like God. And you're not. Why your mind didn't think. Because what would we do as God? We'd make it all easy. Wouldn't we? We would, we would steer. There would just be one choice. But see, he knew that he was looking for a people that could be a container of his glory. And his glory can't be housed in coercion. His glory can't be housed in control. It has to be housed in a choice. He said, in giving man that choice, God risk all for the purpose of love. Connecting with God is experiencing love. And knowledge of God is everlasting life. That's why we didn't need the good and evil tree. We didn't need to be the judge. 
We needed to connect with experiencing love and connect with the knowledge of God because that, that is love and life. And that's all we need in this. That's the way he designed the planet to work. Why are all these people trying to get rid of all the things that represent who we are? Because someone stole something from them, so they're going to get it back some way, some degenerated way. It's not even right. We're all shocked. I'm not shocked. This is what's going on right here in everybody's hearts. They gave up their inheritance. So that means they're deceived. That's why it says he gave, we gave the planet to the deceiver. It didn't say we gave the planet to just another dude. I love this. In God's great love for us, he gave us life and abundance, all wrapped up in truth and the experience of oneness. The deceiver offered a world of duality, good and evil, light and darkness, abundance and lack, truth and lies. And in that duality, we are deceived into believing that it's normal and okay to have a little bit of truth in the lie and a little bit of lie in the truth. We can have a little light in the darkness and some darkness in the light. We can have some good in the evil and some evil in the good. It is, after all, the knowledge of good and evil. Such a great way. If you could understand that concept, your salvation message to others would, be, would sound different. See, unfortunately, religion made us all feel like we're horrible people when we've always been God's kids. Religion wanted us to, to not have any standard. It acted like it did, but it really didn't. Religion did this. We know the world system did this because... But religion did this. It said mixtures are okay. That's what I was saying a while ago, that... There is an incompatible mixture. You can't have love and have any fear. I am just, I'm proposing to you and I'm challenging you that if you experience fear, it is under the influence of no love. God didn't make a plan to deal with fear. He just said don't. And it's this duality that causes why James said, let's read it in James before we go to, where were we going? Yeah, that. James, it says, the ambivalent person, what does ambivalent mean? Okay, doesn't care person. For the doesn't care person, believes one minute and doubts the next. Have you done that? That's duality. Can I just shoot it to you straight? You're partnering with the enemy. And you're wanting God to fix it when you partnered with it. He's got a fix. The fix is truth. 
You know, I don't see God a lot of times going down in there and just messing around and all that stuff that you have just invited in by, you know, just the way society says that this should be this way, this should be that way. That's just going to get weirder. I'll just tell you right now. But the truth is going to get broader. It's going to get lighter. It's going to get, why? Because we're going, more people are going to know the truth and that more people will be set free from the truth. So then all these tiny little entities of people who act like they're the majority, they are not the majority. Let's quit acting like these little sects of things that are trying to pass this bill and do this and run for this. And that is not the majority. He said, being undecided, this is still James, being undecided makes you become like rough seas. That's why you can't have no peace. That's why you can't have any peace. Every place you don't have peace is a place that's under the influence of this duality system. You cannot mix God's stuff with the, with the world. You can't mix God's stuff with Lou's stuff. All the stuff that's of the world, of religion, is all loose stuff. None of that is God. Don't mix it together and make God try to act like he can do something with all of that that you're bringing in. Back to the book. But, here's our but. Don't you love a good but? But the designer, the imaginer of it all, The Lord of the inheritance, he had another idea. Mankind was to be heir of all the promises and the kingdom. And so he, be he came, born as a man, born of a virgin, entering as a fragile baby into his own creation. So that he, as a man, could regain the inheritance and the kingdom he had purposed to give to man. He was not caught off guard as he took that daring risk to give man a choice because he had a plan. He was the lame, lamb slain from the foundation of the world because the, in, the thief came only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus then became the power and authority to destroy all the works of the enemy so that do you understand those things of the enemy in your life personally have to be destroyed to do this so that we may have that life and life more abundantly which he had originally given and had always planned for us it was plan a all the time i could read and read but it's really good but I want us to turn to John 14. You know, I was saying on Wednesday night, I was talking about this revelation of the greater works, and, and uh, it's in John 14. But the other day when I, when I was studying, I, I heard him tell me this verse that no one comes next to the Father except through union with me. No one comes to the Father and he told me to look up the word come. I wasn't, I wasn't near my laptop or anything at that point. And so I remembered it and I, I went and I looked up the word come. And it was strange because this is what 
Jesus was saying, in my opinion. So he was saying, nobody comes to the Father, but through me. I think of it like plumbing. Plumbing's a good analogy for me. So I have a tube over here, and I have a tube over here, and I have to get what they call a coupler to stick those together. Jesus is the coupler. Here's man. Here's God. That's why, that's why Jesus said it's all about the Father. Jesus was trying to find... God's plan was that Jesus would find a way through his life and sacrifice and resurrection to make a coupler between me and God. Why? Because what is it in the Father that I need? And it's this come word. It's to arise and to find your place of influence. That's what that come word means. So what Jesus is really saying is you cannot even find your place. There's lots of other meanings, of course. To become known, to be established, to follow. It's all about when you come, you get in the coupler. You're coming to the place that's going to show you everything. And so that's why in John 14, he said we can do greater works because we came through the coupler. Let's read it. Let's just start at the tippy top, shall we? John 14, verse 1, don't worry about a thing. Is that a song? Don't worry or surrender to your fear. I love how the passion says it. Why? Because we're surrendering to fear all the time. He didn't say, and here's the 10 steps, how you don't surrender to fear. How you don't surrender to fear is you extract your life from all the lies that the enemies told you. And then you can't have fear because you're left with light. There's no shadow of darkness in light. So the shadow you see, the shadow on my hand you see right here is because the light can't get through. So it's casting a shadow. That's what a lie does. Cast a shadow on what you believe. And you lead with that. In relationships, in your purpose, in your dreams. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. I mean, it, he actually says, don't even let your heart flutter with fear. You know, last night, <laughs> you knew I was going to tell this. Last night I was taking Chrissy home and the neighbors have a party every weekend. They're neighbors. And they had parked and they do it all the time. One time they just parked flat in the driveway. I mean, just like right in the driveway. But usually they park where half their car is in the drive on the street, but where you know it's in the uh, covering, blocking the driveway. So I pulled up, man. Mm -mm, that was it. That was the night. I was like, mm -mm, no, no. Mendel was like, that's not right, you know, in her introvert way. But man, the cleric's like, no, that is not right. And I've been over there before already. When the person was parked in the driveway, I went over. Well, you know. They've got really loud music playing. They're drunk. There's about 40 of them over there. So I'm banging, banging, banging. Bruise my finger. Banging, 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 banging. Finally, they come to the door. And it's always the same. And I said, listen. I said, I own this property next door. And the renters are tired 
of y'all blocking the driveway every time y'all have a party. And every time without fail, they act like they're going to come out with me to look. You know, here we go outside. And they're like, well, we don't know whose car that is. I'm like, and I, this is what I said last night. Stop. And they were like, I said, I am so tired of you acting, number one, like you don't know this is not your driveway. And number two, acting like you don't know whose car this is because it's here every time y'all have a party. See, in that moment, like they're just going on with normal. They're just like, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, you know, I don't even know whose car that is. I mean, I don't know. The calf just came out, you know. <laughs> but I go in the house, wait five minutes, and guess what? Come out and what do you think happened? They moved the car. Why? Because I'm confronting... What they, see, that's what we have to remember is that your garden is going to have some people illegally parked. And we don't even say anything. Because why? Well, we don't want to be mean. Okay. And I went into the girls and I said, now listen, if they come over and start whining, a Mino owner came over, you defend me. You defend what I said. And you say the same thing I said. And I told him what to say. So we'd be clear. <laughs> Don't give them an out. And I told him I was going to call the police. Don't give them an out. See why? Because they needed, we need some force behind what we're protecting. It's your right to protect it. Don't be a wuss. Protect what is yours to protect? Because why? It's your garden. It's your inheritance. If you lose it, you lose it. He died to give it to you free. Don't give it up to a controller. Introverts, don't give it up to a controller. Extroverts, don't be the controller. Don't give it up. Protect what's yours and nourish it. She's gone. Verse 2. My father's house has many dwelling places. Isn't it been really cool to hear these different stories? Some of y'all been reading that book on heaven. It's just good to kind of get a new insight on what's possible. Yeah. It's going to be fun up there. Yeah. It makes you, it, it just is an encouragement to make your imagination swell with understanding of why it's so good to stir this little tiny BB baby life you got right here. Why it's good to stir what you're watching. Why it's good, good to stir your friends. Why it's good to stir your job. It's good to do that because why? You're building for yourself a promise in the next life. Cool. Yeah. This is where you're practicing. Do you believe that yet? So don't put your own needs so far ahead. That's not good stewardship. You know, one of the things we were talking about with the mentors is that there's so many people that have this position, I would call, of covering. Yes. You know, I was, I, it was interesting because I knew, I knew of three intercessors this week that had kind of gotten their minds on themselves. They had got to thinking, well, I'm just kind of, you know, when are my needs going to get met? And I'm like, well, see, no, the reason why that's a problem if you're an intercessor is because you make the boat topsy-turvy. And see, what happens with an intercessor, if they're doing that, then the boat tilts towards when they're like, yeah, I'm not going to be on my post because I'm just wondering when my needs are going to be. My needs are important. My needs, God said. And then what I was, I was laughing because Mendel had this dream about that we were running across the rings of Saturn. 
and every place our foot. Doesn't she have the coolest dreams known to mankind? And she put emblazoned in a song. I mean, do you know what emblazoned even means? I had to look it up. It says it's conspicuously written with fire, basically. Conspicuously, where everyone can see it. Anyway, we're skipping across. Don't let me forget what I'm talking about. Skipping across Saturn, and everywhere our foot would touch, we would light it up. And then she told me today that, that Saturn has begun to tilt more. And I said, that's what that dream means. When people get outside and get to thinking of themselves, and they're not in their covering position, all the places who they're covering, they can't skip around on the light anymore. See, that's why God establishes an order in His house. And when we don't want to be in our role, someone's missing out on what you're supposed to be covering if you're an intercessor. And what's interesting is then when they hear about, oh my gosh, I haven't been in my place, they do some really extreme weird thing that comes over here and it just tilts the boat back this way. And so then all the bride likes are going, what are we doing? Are we on a ride or what is this? That's just a picture of what's going on, whether or not you believe me or not. So know who you are. Know what your role is. I mean, that's what we were talking about Friday night. Help everybody know that this is their role. They don't need to figure out if God loves them anymore. He does. You actually have a place in a body that He predetermined to plant you in. You may be an eye or a toe nail or a toe hair. I don't know. But be in your place well. And find other people like that in the tribe so they can encourage you and challenge you. Do you think you're going to ever have to call me up and ask me to be bride-like? Hey, Teresa, I want you to come and be really passionate to worship God, okay? Because you've been a little bit saggy in your passion. You are never going to have to make that phone call. I don't want to do the same for you. I don't want to make a phone call to you and say, are you supposed to be an intercessor in covering someone or are you over there thinking about your poor little hand? Battle, when battle-ready people are wimpy, it looks weird. The reality is there are just battle-ready people and there are not. Don't try to make the childlike people be battle-ready. They will hurt themselves. They will stump their toe. Don't try to be childlike if you're battle-ready. That's weird. Sorry, that was free. Did you like that? I enjoyed it. I, f- I feel good about it, saying it. Hey, oh, sorry, another sidebar. And listen. See what's giving me the word. And listen, I didn't make up these roles. You didn't walk in here and I just decided to paint you. Stamp! That's who you are. That was his job. And he puts the balance of everything we need into a body. And we can't grow until the balance of that. Okay, let me give you a great example. So we have this hot tub, you know. And it, Lynn takes this thing that is literally a quarter of an inch wide by about three inches. And she just dips it into the water and it has six colors on it and she judges whether the water is good by that little dipstick i propose why don't you do the dipstick test on yourself 
See if you're all in alignment. No one can utilize you for your purpose when you're out of alignment. Just like we can't get in the hot tub if there's too much of this or too much algae. Or we don't ever have algae, but whatever we would have. That, that's, the, that's the balancing act of being a steward in the family that God put you in. My father's house has many dwelling places. If it wasn't true, I would have told you, right? And I go to prepare a place for you to, passion version, rest. Now see, faith has a rest, but the earth is for doing. Jesus said, I send you out, go and make. He didn't say go and rest. But he said, I left to go prepare a place to rest. Let's don't exchange those. We get messed up a little bit. We get to measure in life by how much we've rested. When am I going to get my next nap, my next raise? Why do we want to race? To rest? what if we had the idea what i'm making more money because one life is trying to expand that's what i'm doing i'm trying to make more money i'm going out getting some jobs i'm going out telling people we can do something why so that we can have more money to what expand to grow i said this to the mentors friday night we've got to challenge people to quit just doing enough just for me I gave them a word about entrepreneurship. I, I gave them a word about what God's blessing right now. And see, you if you want to be a part of something, you've got to go and apprehend it and say, what happened in that meeting? Share it with me. I want to know what's going on. I want to be a part of it. Otherwise, we sit over here and wait for somebody to call. Do you want to be a part? I don't know. I'll think about it. If I want to get out of bed and come to church, I may. Well, but do you want to steward any responsibility or do you just want to show up when you want? See, that's one level. That's the goldfish level. I might come if I feel like it. I may not come if I feel like it. There's the cat level. Don't bother me. I'll let you know if I want something. And there's the dog level right in your face. What can I do? What can I do? Where can I go? I'm glad to see you. I'm so glad you came over. Please, 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 please tell me. Can we get a treat? Can I do something for a treat? Can I run outside? Can I sit? Can I shake? What can I do? Who do you want to be? I love this verse three. Jesus said, when everything's ready, I'll come back. And get you. And take you to myself. That means it's not ready. That means means you're not ready to go there. When you die, or when he comes back, it's your time. Your place is ready. He knows what time you'll arrive. You know, when I was young, we were just waiting to die. I'm just sure of it. We didn't mean to. We didn't know. We thought that's all we were supposed to be focused on was that pretty mansion. And we would envision it just slightly better than the shack we had here. That's not even biblical. That's not even really what he's saying. And I love this. He says, and you already know the way to the place where I'm going. I love it. And and doubting Thomas, verse 5. Any doubters in here? Don't raise your hand. 
Master, we don't know where you're going. So how could we know the way to get there? That's how Thomas sounded. And Jesus said, hey, I'm the way. It's the loving Jesus. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I mean, duh. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. No one comes into knowing who they are without getting through the coupler. To know me is to know my Father. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. And here's Philip. He's being all faith-filled. Uh, Lord, <laughs> can you show us the Father that we will all be, that we will all be needing? And Jesus is like, Philip, I've been with you all this stinking time. <laughs> And you don't and you don't know who I am? I'm about to die. I've been with you. I've been with you three whole years. How could you even ask me that silly question to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father, duh. Right? Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I'm living in the, in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but they come from my Father. For He lives in me and He performs His miracles of power through me. That is what you're here for. Yes. That's why you got the coupler. Otherwise, you wouldn't have any ability to do this. You would have been made to desire it but you would not have any power. You would be stuck in a sinful state with no power. No, See, the faith, remember what I told you? It, I don't believe that the faith expands our usage and awareness of it. It's the measure we need to do all these things. So when we sit on the sidelines and say, okay, God, I've got to wait for you to just give me more faith. Well, he wants to actually get you to cardio your faith through life circumstances. I love this. He says, believe that I live as one with my father and that my father lives as one with me. Or at least believe because of the, this because of the mighty miracles. He's trying to say, believe that this coupling exercise makes you one too. That's really what he's saying. He's saying, I go, I'm doing all this for you. Papa already has it all. It's all for you. It's all for you to experience an abundant life. It's all for you to do miracles for people that don't know anything about me. It's all for you to understand the Father better. It's all for you. It's all for you. Y'all should be excited about that. It's all for you. I love this. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do and even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my Father. Remember what I said on Wednesday. God is looking, and I just read it today, He's looking for a human being 
to demonstrate what God's like through your actions. And so isn't it more of a miracle, like I said Wednesday night, to be conducting activities with the Holy Spirit ahead of time? See, when Christy dreamed that about the Saturn rings, I didn't know that part about the intercessors because it happened later. I don't even know how I could have prayed about that. I'm just like, I was asking him today, I was like, man, I see this picture really clear. Why you gave her that dream? It makes sense to me. She knew it was an important dream. But I couldn't connect that it was that thing where it was tilting, where the people running on the light couldn't run. I mean, I just couldn't get that. But see, today I can. And so today I'm, I'm able to say to the intercessors another way to look at your job. And so I don't even feel bad. This is just my world. I don't even feel bad that I didn't know. I think he hid it from me so I actually had the experience to tell of. See, what we do is if we don't know everything, we can't get it all figured out. We're just like, well, I'm just not good at this. No, you're not. But it doesn't matter. Practice. He'll reveal it in his time. Sometimes he hides it because he doesn't even, he wants you to keep searching. Because all the stuff she found out just searching was fun. It probably opened another portal for something else. We don't know yet. Don't you love this life? Verse 13 says, For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. So he already told us at the top, don't worry, don't surrender to your fear. He already said, I'm the way, truth, and life. He already said, you're not going to know any of this unless you come to the Father. When, you, when all of that is, is at rest in you, I don't fear, I'm in the coupler, I know who I am. God, show me who I am because I came to Him. What do you think your asking life would look like? See, when we ask with fear, because of fear, He can't answer that. See, He's trying to show us how it's just so cool to me if you could just get this today. He's trying to show us the passageway to the greater works. He's trying to say, this is when everything everything bows at at the name of Jesus. When you say, remember I read it on Wednesday, when you say, get the heck out, they get the heck out. Trample was the word. Trample isn't like... (laughs) I went over and trampled the people last night. They may not remember me because they were drunk, but hey, we moved the car. I was successful, right? See, everywhere that you need to actually possess something, there's probably a stronghold or a lie or a demonic activity there because it just took up residence because nobody else was. Can we see that? For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to Him. I love it because one of the things that Kat Kerr said was that Jesus introduces all of us to the Father when we get to heaven. That's one of His jobs. It's kind of hard for us to understand in our little 
natural mind that we try to use to understand supernatural concepts. You can't use your natural mind to understand supernatural concepts. You just need to remember that. But, you know, he and the Father are one, but yet he introduces us. I mean, that tells me my mind about how God operates in the supernatural alone needs to expand. See, honestly, honestly, if you could ever see, is the motive of my heart for anything in the kingdom to make sure I'm good? Am I giving to make sure I'm good? Am I, am I participating in something to be known? Am I, am I serving? Or am I just a poured out lover offering? Wherever I need to smear this liquid, just show me the way. I'll just smear it wherever. And see, you can tell in your heart whether or not you're doing those things out of the wrong motive because it, it wanes. It plays out. It putters out. Because the motive was off. And so then eventually it shows up what the real motive is, even if you act like no one else can see it, they can. And he said, ask me anything in my name. What is it? That name is actually, it's actually the stamp of who he is. So see, I can't ask something in his name if I am not, understanding who he is. So I'm trying to think of an analogy. A good analogy is if you go to the bank, I can't just go in there with anybody's check and just write my name, write a name on the back and say, cash it. They're going to want some proof. Proof. They're going to want some proof you are who you say you are. When I say I know him, then I say, in the name of Jesus, I propose the reason we don't see miracles because when we say, in the name of Jesus, we don't really know if he'll do it. So that means we don't know him. So I'm just throwing his name around, in the name of Jesus. But I don't know him. I'm not a card-carrying member of the name. I'm a hopeful. Maybe if he likes me today, maybe if his will is today. Jesus, is it your will today to heal this sick person or just is today the day you want them to suffer? Jesus, is it your will that I get my rent paid or is today the day you want me to live in the hovel underneath the, with Keisha with the box? See, you have to remember in the name, the name of Jesus wills a power because Demons are scared of those who know him in his name. Not those that just say it. You know, it's one of the ways the enemy loves to hoodwink. He wants there to be no authority anywhere. He didn't even want there to be police or anything. So he wants us all to be scared of all the worst case scenarios of everything we can possibly think of under the sun. So that nothing has any authority or any ability to protect us. So then we're all just willy-nilly running around. I guess we're going to kill each other. I don't know what we're going to do at that point. But see, the authority is what the enemy wants to hoodwink you in that you don't have. And see, Jesus is trying. I love verse 15. It says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. So just like I'm trying to wield his name to do miracles, I'm not going to be able to obey him if I'm not crazy mad in love with him. 
Because he'll ask me to do something and change something through some. I'll say something that you don't want to change and it'll offend you. And you'll be like, well, Jesus, that ain't love. That's not Jesus because that made me feel bad. I love what Bill says is that Jesus said things intentionally to offend, to show what's in your own heart. That's why he was able to say it because it wasn't in his heart. So as he's skipping along, he's just like, yeah, you brood of vipers, you brood of vipers, you brood of viper, vipers. <laughs> Why? Because he was trying to say you're whitewashed walls. In other words, you're, you're not even fixed up on the inside. And he says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. So that means we've got to do that. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth who will be to you a friend just like to me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him. Why can't they see him? Because there's an absence of light. You know, we got these um, new light bulbs. Lynn and I are trying to figure out how to turn on all the lights with just our phone in our house. And at the same time, though, we're having internet problems. <laughs> That's a problem. All the lights are connected to the internet, and the internet goes out, and so we don't have no lights in. And so then you're just fumbling around in the dark, hoping you remember where the furniture is. And then, of course, there's a dog bone, and you step on that. You see, people are stumbling around in the dark. That's what's going on. They're trying to hook up their life to a system that if one thing goes out, everything's black. And, it, and he's trying to say, listen, I've left you the Holy Spirit. It's your, it's your greatest gift. He says the world can't, won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you will know him intimately. Yeah. Because he will make his home in you and live inside you. I've said it a million times, but the Holy Spirit and Jesus are living in your body. I would hope they wanted to renovate. I would hope that they don't want to get slimed with lies or fear. I would hope they would give you a little heads up. I would hope when you're watching that TV show, they're like, hey, that's not good for you. I would hope they would say, hey, that friend isn't supportive of you. Don't give all your pearls before swine. I would hope they would say that. Why? Because they're wanting to keep the interior of you where they can live there. You might can live there with a bunch of junk, but they can't. I'm going to jump down to 23. It says, Jesus said, loving me empowers you to obey my word. He already said that. And my father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. But those who don't love me, they won't obey my words. The father did not send me to speak my own revelation, but the words of the father. Can I tell you the greatest gift that we can have is have the revelation of the father. You know, I know in my lifetime, you know, we stopped at the door of Jesus. Is Jesus, is it the most amazing gift? But it's just all part of the plan of God. 
God wanted us to have need of a Savior, and he wanted us to free us from sin so that we could get back to him, so that he, we could do what Jesus did. We can receive the revelations of the Father. He said, when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name. And he will remind you to remember and inspire you to remember every single word. That's why when someone doesn't know the Holy Spirit, they can't remember or retain. You know, the one thing is, I love it because he says, I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace, not the kind of fragile peace that is given by the world, but my perfect peace. So don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Honestly, this interaction with the Godhead is the only way we can live fear-free. Because our courage is built on what He says. One of the lines in the book He said is that if we cannot believe what God said above everybody else, we are tainting what He said and twisting it and turning it to fit into me, into this tiny little Tisa-sized heart, instead of this is a God-sized life that needs a God to live in it. So I think it's really important today when Christy comes, are you coming? When Christy comes, I think it's really important today to just remember that God is trying to expand us through this next prayer initiative that we're doing, that we're wanting to really begin to partner with God in all these ways that we hear Him so that we can expand our influence preliminarily. Like I said, everybody can pray for somebody that has cancer, and I think that's amazing, and a lot of people do. But I'm talking about actually taking territory before the enemy has a chance to set up camp and do destruction. Are you with me? Come on, Mendel. Oh, boy, so good. Oh, so good. Oh, I'm just being activated over there in like 100,000 ways listening to that message. Oh my goodness. Well, one point that I thought I'd make is, have you thought back about the messages that have come out of this house in the last few months? I really try to track, you know, what the Holy Spirit's highlighting and teaching us. And, you know, just not long ago, I think it was in January, we were talking about the purity of worship. And how worship wasn't just up here or on Sunday and Wednesdays, you know, it was what we, how we live our lives. There was about this purity of focus, of the singular focus and singular devotion. Well, that's kind of what we're talking about when this, this Chuck Perry guy talks about the duality that the enemy introduced and we bought into a life and a perspective of duality where we've got good and evil. And so the process of purity is getting out separating that two and getting to that life of oneness of singular focus. Now I, it's, I love the Holy spirit because you know, he's been highlighting for me how much he answers my questions. Oh, like it's just this season I'm in where I've, I'll realize, Oh yeah, I was wondering about that a few weeks ago, or I was wondering about that the other day. And then all of a sudden I realized he's brought the answer. It's really cool. So I was just in conversation even, and just in my mind pondering on, the salvation message and how I would maybe talk to somebody about that, you know, who didn't know Jesus. And then we, we, Tisa finds this book somehow and we're reading it. And I love 
the, the answer to that question, really the salvation message in that book, he talks about, she read it, okay, that the enemy introduced this life of duality where we have the knowledge of good and evil. And it's this ever-changing um, judgment by people instead of God about what is good, what is evil, on and on. Well, I've, I've always had, maybe it's because I came from the world, not from religion, but the, the salvation message trying to tell somebody, well, you're a sinner, you know, can be, it sounds a little abrasive. If somebody doesn't even know what they're talking about, they've just been living life based on what they know. You know, sin is something we do out of what we believe and what we know. So I love this, this idea of it's just a duality in our mind because we have the knowledge of good. We've got good knowledge and we've got evil knowledge. When you act on or make decisions out of the evil knowledge, the thing you do is sin. But it's not that you're a sinful person. You know, it just has this context that you're, that you're born with some flaw, you know. And I've always had a problem with that because I believe God made, he made each of us innocent and pure with the capability of being pure. But we are born into a world that operates with the knowledge of good and evil. And so that's a whole nother message probably, but, and that's not to say there's no such thing as sin or that sin's not a big deal, but I'm just saying we've got to recognize this draws the line to me between messages like this, convicting you to go home and dig in your belly button and figure out what's wrong with you or how, you know, how flawed you are, or what a sinful person you are. It, it dis counts that it gets rid of that and says no go home and figure out where you're believing truth and where you're believing a lie the sin comes from believing a lie so let's get to the the root issue okay so i love that she mentioned tonight this the little dipstick test that lenny does in the hot tub because it reminded me i don't know if you guys remember but back in 2019 um we talked about the litmus test so the litmus test, if you don't remember, is a little dipstick test in science, the scientific version of it, where it came from, is a little dipstick test. It either turns red or blue. Not like what the one Lenny does, it has lots of colors on it. But a litmus test, it's either red or blue. That's what we've got to do. It's either truth or it's a lie. It's either truth or a lie. So when we have something come up or the Holy Spirit highlights something, we've got to figure out what we believe, and then we do a litmus test, a little dipstick. Is it red or is it blue? Is it truth or is it a lie? And then we have to remove the lie, replace it with the truth. We happened to have a great message on that last Sunday about truth and action how the seed of truth will expel that darkness. The lie is not its own entity. It's just absence of truth. So I just love seeing how the Holy Spirit's really been just talking to us and, and bringing this, us to this moment where we can do this with even greater efficiency. And I just have to say and want to remind people that this isn't just a great idea or something you could strive to do, you know, maybe after another five years of living the way you're living. It's a now message. It's a, this is a Kairos moment. There are things happening in the kingdom on earth, heaven on earth. There's things happening. God's pouring himself out and he's ready to manifest himself in you, in you, in his sons and daughters. And so this is a now message right now. And it goes perfectly along with, I love that we're, we're starting this prayer initiative for the pray ahead task force because 
God is going to be speaking to you. He's going to be telling you the things that the enemy's planning to do and what, how to pray about that. Well, how are you going to distinguish good from what he's telling you if you still are operating with good and evil in your own mind? So it, it makes sense, right? We've got to separate the truth from the lie. And one simple way that you can do this, I've just recently heard Kat Kerr talking about this, is you say, when you recognize that you have a lie, a root of something, just say, I choose with my will. I choose with my will. That's all God has asked, right, is for us to make a choice. I choose. He's given us the power to do everything else. It's just choose. We just choose. So we say, I choose with my will to uproot the seed of that lie. Jesus, come and take it from me. I choose with my will to tether the truth to my heart instead. And then ask him to just, just partner with that and believe he's going to do it. You know, we, we do this thing where we, I mentioned it last Sunday, where we, we try to debate with ourselves and about whether or not the truth is truth or not. Because we believe these lies sometimes a really long time, right? So then we go home and we're like, well, I don't know, that lie feels pretty true. And the lie kind of makes me feel safer sometimes. The lie kind of makes me feel like a better person sometimes. So I don't really know if I want to accept that truth or get rid of that lie. And we, we debate back and forth. But this is litmus test time. It's either a lie or it's truth. So it doesn't matter how you feel about it. It doesn't matter. It's, it simply doesn't matter. You've got to get to the point where you're going to, you will gain momentum if you will partner with this truth that all you have to do is accept the truth and reject the lie. Your feelings will change. So on that note, I want to read a word from Papa that um, I read a couple of weeks ago. I want to read the part that, that he said, because it's about this moment because he is opening our eyes and preparing to move through us. And you know, if we can get Evernote to work here, I'll do that. Um, and all of this, this talk, this reading I've been doing about heaven, it just really struck me that the, the great joy of heaven, I mean, heaven's heaven, right? You know, heaven's going to be like your greatest delights, everything perfect and wonderful. Well, you get to go to heaven and use the gifts that God gave you every day. That's the def that's like one of the definitions of heaven is that you get to go use your gift. So what does that tell you? Heaven, you think about just being pure bliss and wonderful. That's operating in your gift, pure bliss and wonderful. You can do that here. When you operate in your gift here on earth, you're going to experience a joy and a satisfaction that is far beyond what what those lies are pretending to give you okay give me one more minute let me see if i can pull this up it didn't want to pull up here Well, I might just have to read it on my phone. We can always go that route. We'll just change devices. Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi issues abound. 
Okay, here's the word. Daughters, sons, the veil was torn so you could see. The veil was torn so you could know. Pull back the curtains that remain over the window of your soul. You're each going to have to figure out what that means for each, each of you. Pull back the curtains that remain. You picture a curtain. Okay, this is how I see this. The veil was torn, so there's no need for it to continue to cover you. The veil was torn. It can be pulled back, just like a set of curtains. Pull back the curtains. Pull back the curtains and see the reality of what was given. Open your eyes and receive the fullness of this covenant. I tore the veil. I poured myself out. The river of life flows to you still. You weren't meant to live on just one drop. I meant for you to live in the ongoing flow that I'm still pouring out. I'm opening eyes right now to see, to see the more, the greater glory. I'm opening hearts and minds right now to perceive, to perceive the measure of heaven that came to earth that day. It is written that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, but I am opening eyes and opening ears right now. It is written, hearts and minds have not perceived, but I am opening hearts and opening minds in this season. The time has come for you to see, to hear, and to perceive the glory that entered the earth on Resurrection Day. It's time for you to walk in greater awareness of all that was given, of the glory that surrounds you and is available to flow through you. Surrounds you and is available to flow through you. I'm stripping away the false insulators that didn't protect you like you thought they would. Those are the lies. The false insulators are the lies. They only kept this view hidden from you. The false insulation must be stripped away. Don't be afraid when you feel exposed in this way. When you feel vulnerable and exposed to pain, don't be afraid. This is the process. What he's talking about here is that process of you laying down the lie that you've been clinging to. You may feel a moment of feeling exposed or vulnerable to pain or danger or whatever it is that lie you think is, is providing. But the greater thing is coming. The greater thing is the truth, is the glory of God itself. Like Tisa talked about wrapping itself around you and being the protector that it was meant to be all along. So don't be afraid. I am with you and leading the way. I am pre preparing you to be wrapped in my glory instead, to be wrapped in truth, for your heart to be insulated by the pure glory of God, pure, the pure glory, purity of truth of God, instead of all that covered and concealed. You will walk in greater freedom when this transition takes place. Your mind and your heart will experience the protection and stability it has always craved, and you will be free to run with agility in the power of my grace and glory. You know, I've, I've heard it said that we are in the kingdom age right now that God is wanting to manifest himself in sons and daughters in a way that has never been done on earth before. And I've heard that part of this 
this age, what it's going to look like on earth is that it's going to be, there's going to be a distinction, a clear distinction between good and evil that's apparent to people, believers and non-believers, that you'll be able to clearly tell there won't be this gray area where it's that, that's that what, what the book talks about, this ever shifting definition of what's good or what's not good. That gray area is going to be distinguished and, or distinguished between so you can tell what is truth and what is a lie how are we going to participate in that kingdom age if we are still operating ourselves in a gray area we've got to allow this process to take place in us now this is a now time a now moment okay so papa i just want to say thank you for your truth i thank you that truth is the person of jesus christ and as Shudi sang about in worship today, and at the very beginning of worship today, Jesus is still who he was the day that you accepted him in faith and asked for him to come in and be Lord of your life. He's still the same today as he was then. He is the truth. He is the truth. He is the truth. He has just as much power to bring you into the reality of every truth that he is in all aspects of life as he did to bring you into the reality of who he is and that you needed him and that he could be your leader, your savior, your Lord. So we thank you for who you are today, Jesus, the person of truth. And we ask you to come and reveal yourself more and more and more. And Holy Spirit, I just say, we agree with you today that that's what you're doing at this season. We agree that that's what you're doing in each of our hearts right now. And that it is not a mistake or by coincidence that we are hearing this message that you are knocking at the door of our hearts right now to do that very thing. So we say we position ourselves today, our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds to recognize when you tell us this is truth and that's a lie. And no matter how it feels, we will partner with the truth and we will reject the lie. We will cling to the truth. We will fasten our gaze on the truth in every aspect of its meaning. We will fasten our gaze onto the truth and we will find ourselves resurrected in the truth just like you were. Do what you want to do in us today, Papa. Do what you want to do in us today, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Have your way in us. We say yes to you, yes to you, yes to you. And I just release an anointing for this word to be, to be manifest in each of your hearts and minds in your life, in each person, in a personal, practical, tangible way that is recognizable. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.